Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. Welcome to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor, your host today, and I have a very spunky 86-year-old man named Milo Miller who's going to join us today. Milo, you know I love you. I just want our audience to get a chance to love you as well. <laughs> well, we love you. Tell us a little bit about your growing up days. You were Amish? Yes, I was Amish in Holmes County, Ohio, Ohio, down here close to Sugar Creek. I was uh, growing up in a typical Amish home, and uh, I had a few experiences that... Uh, was a little bit uncommon for the Amish, but anyhow, it took place, and uh, I was uh, went to school, uh, eight-year school, and then um, I was, after that, uh, I went to high school a little bit, but since I was Amish, my dad didn't want to send me, so the first year I lost 74 days, the next year in high school, only 45, <laughs> and so after that, uh, that uh, was typical. I was a second-born child, but I had a good mother and father. And they gave me the opportunity. So then I went to work doing carpenter work and brick, uh, laid brick and so forth and worked for a local company here. I then knew that I didn't have a high school, so I started reading books and reading, of course, reading the Bible, which was very, very good. I learned from that so much. So growing up in the Amish area, I think most of our listeners don't know what that's about. Can you describe the community of the Amish? The Amish actually come from Germany. Years ago, they lived very, very frugal, very uh, the horse and buggy and so forth without electricity and uh, with the modern conveniences and so forth. They have their services in German, and in the summertime, they have it in the barn, and in the wintertime, they have it in their houses and so forth, and uh, hardworking and well-liked and uh, are very honest and so forth. And, of course, there's spiritual needs, and uh, that was our situation. And uh, But uh, many of them are now making changes and uh, in their lifestyle and, their, and, and what they do and also in their churches and so forth and are very religious, very take it very serious, and lots of them are becoming even now more involved in missions and that kind of thing with the Mennonite churches where we also were with. And you have been very involved in churches, and especially in Mexico. Tell us a little bit about your reach out there. <laughs> I'll tell you that when I turned uh, 19, I wanted to get married, married to my wife, Anna Catherine. And so we were doing the proper things to get ready to get married. And then she said, oh, I have a call for the mission field. Now, I was Amish, so I didn't understand that. And, so, and she asked me, do you? And I said, oh, I don't know. And so I went home, came back a week later, and said, I've, uh, I kind of feel I have a call. I've been reading the Bible and studying, and I was a Christian, was baptized in the Mennonite Church. And so, but I don't understand much. But upon that, we got married, had three children. At the age of 19, we were married, really young. <laughs> and I don't recommend it that young always. But, and then with three children, we received a call to go to Mexico. And we went down there unknown of the language. The only name I knew was Dios, which is God. And we went down there very innocently, and God just moved in a miraculous way. We got to know the Spanish people, 
and their love and their desire to uh, receive the gospel, and that was the beginning. That's a powerful beginning. And so you and your wife went together. Yes. And did you have any children at that time? Well, we had three children, yes. We had three children. Joseph, the oldest, and we picked that name because we learned what the Scripture was about the story of Joseph in the Bible. And then Stephen was the second one, and then we had Carol, too. She was the youngest one. On our way to Mexico, we, of course, we didn't have much money, so we slept in our car on the way down, and we all found a place in there, and my little daughter, Carol, that was just a young girl, she was on the back window of the seat of the car we were driving. <laughs> well, I didn't realize you took the kids with you there when you went uh, originally. Oh, yes, we did, uh-huh. We pulled a little trailer down there, too, and uh, so we stopped at times, and Catherine made the sandwiches while we, you know, that while I was driving, we were eating and so forth. But it was a very, very humble beginning. Those humble beginnings did a great thing for us. We knew how to how to live in Mexico and to work with the people down there and uh, and live within the means that they are have. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I grew up in California. I really didn't know anything about the Amish people until I moved here with my <laughs> husband. And I have absolutely fallen in love with every person that I've met there. They're just so open and so hospitable. They're just people that will give you anything that you need. But the beautiful thing is their hearts. They love the Lord. And that's a ministry that I think you guys have been very strong in, is really helping the Amish community to understand who God is in their lives. Tell me a little bit about that. Jill, you said it right, the heart. And we soon found out as we went to Mexico and as we met the people there on the border right in Texas, what we did, we didn't just start with one place. And then as we came to know them, they invited us to visit their friends in other areas along the border there. And then as we did that all and took them along for services from different places, and then they said, oh, you know what? The gospel, they got so enthused with the gospel that they say, oh, we have cousins, we have uncles that are filler interior. Oh, so we arranged to go down and take them along to go down and to see them. And that was the beautiful thing of seeing God opening up opportunities in the villages. We worked mostly in the villages. We didn't work as much in the bigger cities. But the welcome we got, it just grew and grew and grew. Did you go back repeatedly to those areas in Mexico? Oh, yes. So they be, they loved seeing you come. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, we went back, and as we opened up areas, we didn't just leave it, because the gospel is important to take to them. And, and they had a change of heart and life and were saved, and God blessed them. And we then we raised up leaders in those areas. And that was so wonderful to see as they not only received it for their own value uh, benefit, but they wanted their other friends to know about it as well. Many, many experiences we had down there, just the many, many, many of times that we spent time with them and see how they, they, and still today, they are very thriving. In fact, just this week, I had a call from our major pastor down there. His name is Regal. I worked with his father for 40 years. And his father passed away. He was in his 80s. He passed away. And I'm talking with Rigo. Rigo's father, he got saved that I worked with. 
he was a pimp when he got saved in the area where they were in that town right along the border. Got saved and his life changed completely. Oh, and then he followed me. Or he went with me. We went together down into the mountains, further down in, a couple hundred miles down in. And we had such a welcome down there. And he was always willing to go down with us. And my wife, she got the accordion from her one of her twin sisters here in Walnut Creek. We took it down there, and that accordion went everywhere on the mountains. <laughs> uh, strapped on the back of a burrow. And, yeah, and a lot of times we walked. But a lot of times they also supplied us for, with horses. And we didn't go on mules that much, but on horses maybe. But it's in all over the mountains. Oh. Oh, that was a common thing. Milo, that's a crazy and fun and, <laughs> and a wonderful way to share the gospel. Let me... She's sitting here, yeah, and she reminded me of the accordion. <laughs> so you were serving in Mexico and also in Nepal, is that correct? Oh, yeah. I was about uh, three times. Our church was very, uh, very mission-minded, and we... Uh, and I, I was actually the first missionary, um, and uh, we were, we were, and I went to Nepal different times over there, and uh, oh my, and come to know a good man over there, and is still very active. This is now fifty years later. Go, Paul Sharma, and uh, we over the mountains of Nepal, and he's very, very active. And some of the people that are maybe listening to this heard of him, and he's a worthy man to give to. And he's even now working over in some of the um, other countries as well. Well, Milo, I'm already overwhelmed with what you shared, and we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come right back in just a minute, right here on Choose Life Radio. Hi, I'm Howard. Joe will be back in a moment to continue this week's interview. You know, it's hard to believe, but we're already racing toward the end of 2023. Thanksgiving and Christmas are great opportunities to give thanks, and celebrate by giving to others. Our spirits are a bit softer, and we're anxious to make an impact on other people. Now we have a special opportunity. Close friends and contributors to Choose Life Radio have issued a matching challenge to our ministry family. This matching challenge will run from now through the end of December, and it's for $30,000. That's right, $30,000. So today through December 31, every gift from the Choose Life Radio family will be matched. The math's pretty easy. A gift of $100 becomes $200. A gift of $500 becomes a gift of 1000 And a gift of, well, you get the idea. During the next few weeks, Choose Life Radio can double each and every gift you send. So please take advantage of this challenge by going to chooseliferadio.com, push the donate button, and make your gift online. That's chooseliferadio.com. Or you can send your gift to Choose Life Radio, Post Office Box 36622, Canton, Ohio, 44735. That's Post Office Box 36622, Canton, Ohio, 44735. So congratulations. No matter the amount you send, your gift will be doubled. And the blessings, they'll be multiplied. Thank you for sending your gift today. You make it possible to share the value of life on this station. Welcome back to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor, your host. I am talking with a man that I just adore, Milo Miller, and he has been a longtime friend, and he has uh, lived a lot of good years, so he's got good information for us. 
Milo Miller, are you really 86 years old? <laughs> yes, I am. I can't believe it. You're so sparky. <laughs> well, I, I'm enthused, yeah. I'm also a polio victim that I overcame, and God has been so good to me. That's amazing. And polio, you know, we don't hear about it much. No, it's, it's not too much. People have the shots now, but boy, my aunt died of that, and... I'm so blessed to know that you came through. You survived through that. Well, I searched early and prayed, and I found out that the faithfulness of the Lord. And I, I have different sayings that I have found out, and I believe, you know, choices that you make in life are so important. And even though the Amish, at one point, somebody said, well, he's just a dumb Amishman, which I never went to high school, never went through there. But I read enough books, and the good books, and got confidence in the Lord, knowing like the book of Proverbs, I mean, in the scriptures. And the thing that I see is so important to apply them to your life and ne never let anybody steal your ideas or thoughts when you know God has given them to you because there are game singers, but the Lord is so good and he's so wonderful. Not all of the people who are in the Amish area really have heard that story of Christ. Not all, no, not all, but I see a lot of good happening in this area. They're more opening up. They're not as traditional as they used to be, and they love singing and music, and through that, they're more open up in some ways. Now, there's still a strong tradition among certain areas. A lot of them are really opening up, and to me, it's kind of like I'm not in Mexico now because of I was sick with COVID in the past and haven't been down there for two years or better. But now when you are who you are as a missionary or whatever, you can find people to help and to reach out to. And I've got some goals in mind, goals in mind. And there's an Amish paper down here in Sugar Creek called The Budget, where every, all the Amish write in there. And that is now one of my goals to see that purchased and to the degree that they would have more of God's teaching in there for the Amish, which goes worldwide. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's wonderful. God opens up ideas in my mind, in my life, and I, I, I just, when I, I see possibilities, and then you pray, and that's one thing I really want to in, in, insist as well, praying and knowing that you can make a difference. Well, I love that Catherine was the one who said, I, I want to be a missionary. And because of that, the two of you have traveled a lot of places and shared the gospel and empowered the people there to getting Bibles and getting them the things that they needed. You two are an amazing couple. And I think sometimes we get caught up with some of the young people who are doing things now that are electronic and everything else. But I'm talking about a, a couple here who are in their 80s, are still married and love each other dearly, and have a tremendous love for the Lord. And then your sons and daughters are also believers. Yes. They're getting the message as well. Oh, my, I mean, and they're wanting to extend the mission that we have started to, by God's help, and they're doing good. Hey, it's so wonderful. And uh, I'm not just thinking one thing that I did. I believe in the spoken word and the Bible and the different words. You look for ways that you can connect with people. And the Mexican people are hardworking. They're very, very good. Yeah, we can find some that are not so good and all that, but they're they, given the possibility and the opportunity. 
oh my goodness, I just can't believe. You know, now it's just such a thrill to know that the work is going on. Yesterday when I got the call from our pastor, and I told you, I think I told you that he was like Apostle Paul. He goes everywhere. I almost like to pull him back because they're not connected with Cuba. Have been he and his brother for 30 years. And then Dominican Republic, which I met him down there three years ago. And Haiti, I mean, and it goes, goes on and on. He is so thrilled for what the gospel can do. You have so many good stories, but I want to talk about the fact that you have always been a person who has opened up to adoption. And when Howard and I adopted our son, you were so, so sweet and made sure that you knew his name. And it just was such a blessing. So why is adoption so important to you? Does it have a connection in terms of being adopted by Jesus? Listen, I think one of the very example of Jesus. Now, you don't live for yourself. You live for God. You love God. You love people. And sometimes we go to help the people that want to be around the people that are very successful and, and do those big things. Little is much when God is in it, and you love the needy people and help out. But one thing I like to say is that older as we become into our golden years, we think, well, I can't do so much. Listen, hold it. If you're a Christian, you love the Lord, and you love God's God, what He's doing, you can pray. And when you pray, just believe, because even though you have many years, I love to pray. I love to just invite God and let Him see what He does, and He goes way beyond our expectations. You never lose your call. If you're a Christian, you can pray and trust God to move through you, even though you can't go out there with a hammer and help to build a house or go in another country, maybe like some do, but you can pray. And when you hear a good message, pray that it would not just stop at that Sunday service or that evening service, but that message would continue because we're here. When Jesus told his disciples after he was ready to go to heaven, he said, go ye into all the world. And he didn't say, hey, you've got to have a big education. You've got to do all this and that before you go. But you pray, and if your heart is right, and you connect with God and with the people— he opens doors, and that's so beautiful. And you have that zealous inside of you that wants to always tell people about the Lord. I love that. <laughs> you know, was there any kind of persecution in terms of the Amish at one point? Well, at one point, they, I mean, I remember now, I'm 86. I remember years ago when they trusted in the, they said, we only hope in God. But now they actually embrace the truth of saved, being saved. So there was things that they had to learn. This happened so many times, even in Mexico, when we went into a new village or new area and started the work, and they accepted, accepted, and opened up, opened up. Occasionally, we came to a place where we asked the village people if they'd open up, and it was no, no, no. And we just prayed in a couple months or maybe a year or two, they opened up, and then we went in. I never take a no because God is positive. And when we read the scriptures, let the scriptures come deep down into you so that it, it really revolutionizes your thinking. And don't go on. You know, we see people with a lot of doubt and hate. There's a program now, right now that I know that's over in Moscow. Over in Moscow, we're a Christian program. Listen, because God can do anything if we're willing. God is not looking for ability. He's looking for availability. <laughs> 
And even in my senior years, I want to do what I can do as in the, in the 80s. And and we never should think that I'm done, even though some people have told him, Milo, you're done. <laughs> uh, but I don't believe it. <laughs> well, that's right. You're going to have to have them listen to this interview, and then you'll you'll prove to them that you are not done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to hear that, yes. <laughs> Milo, you have been such an inspiration to both Howard and me in our ministry. And I think one of the things that I really want you to know is your encouragement is so effective. And when you do this for people who are starting out, you're the person who prays for them and never forgets to pray. And so I just want our listeners to know, if you want something prayed over, I want you to give a call to Milo Miller, and we need to have your phone number. I won't put it on now, but I'll put that in our information about you. And you might get people who will say, please pray for me. I, I... I'd be glad to pray for them, because there's such a ministry in prayer. And sometimes we think as we age and we can't this, we can't that anymore, that that, no, that doesn't hinder our prayers and hinder our interest in God. We can be productive. I want, that's what I want until the Lord calls me home. What I've noticed about the people who are Amish they have done phenomenal work. I mean, their buildings are gorgeous. They have gorgeous hotels and wonderful restaurants. And so those of you who are listening and have never stepped into an Amish community, you've got to get in there and have a wonderful breakfast and lunch and dinner. The fried chicken is remarkable. <laughs> I mean, sure, right. Yeah, and let them talk to you. And every place you go, it's kind of like a buffet. You can sit down right next to them and have a conversation. They're so willing. That's right. And again, I, I one of the experiences I had in, in, in the restaurant was this for a girl that worked for me from a Presbyterian church or was a Presbyterian or something like that. She said, Milo, what does it mean to be saved? A girl that was working for me and I, we introduced her to the Lord. A couple of weeks later, she said, oh, I'm in a Bible study. That same girl as a manager. Later on, we were on a, had a meeting in our restaurant on discussing things. And we had a situation that come up, but didn't know quite what to do. She said, Milo, I think it's time to pray. <laughs> and listen, God is so good. And I've got wonderful people that are in the restaurant. I've just, and I, we've given that over to our family now for the last couple of years. And we go back there, and they're there to welcome us. And you know, I just have to think, when we serve God, we're faithful in where we're at, very faithful, that God will receive us, and, that, and all the blessings that He's shared with us. There's wonderful blessings as we are faithful to Him. And those, if they don't come in this life, you see it come in the, in the beyond. And that's so beautiful. I want to ask you a question about the buggies, because I think you're driving a car at this point, or you've been driving cars. No, no, no. I, listen, I have lost my sight. I do not drive a car. No. My children have to drive, and uh, I have to get people to drive me around now. And now, in this situation, I can't read anymore. And so I look at TV and look at the best preachers I like, and, but I, and I try to read a little bit with a microscope, but it's so hard. Well, we'll be praying for you on that. I'm now asking myself, what can I do in the position I'm in now with my body? Because I don't want to give up, and we don't have to. And as you grow old, 
grow old in your golden years gracefully. It don't matter who you are, you can still pray and God can answer you. Well, I think you've taught us a lot of things today, Milo, uh, definitely about being workers in the field, literally, of saving people and sharing Christ. You guys have done a great job of that. And I, I just want to tell you that your places that we go, I tell you, it's a, it's a great place to enjoy. So anybody in Ohio, get down to the Amish area there. But uh, I think that you there are Amish areas all around, aren't there, in other states? Yeah? They do. And let me say this, that I so appreciate you, Jill, and Howard, your husband, the things that I see your heart as you reach out to help those that are in need. And uh, God knows your heart. When God knows your heart and you're doing his will, he will bless you. And remember the blessings here on this earth are partial of what God has for us up there in heaven. Thank you, Milo, for that. And I want to pass that on to our listeners today. I want them to understand that when Milo is going to be praying, he's going to be praying about this radio program, and that includes all of our listeners. Milo, thank you. And can you give your precious wife, Catherine, a big hug for me? Because she's so beautiful. I certainly will. I'm holding her hand right now. We love you. God bless you and Howard and all you do for the Lord. And thank you, listener, for joining us today. I hope you understand that there is value in those people who are still living and have accomplished great things. And to be 86 and share an interview like that, I just hope you will go out and be active as well with your talents and your joy in the Lord Jesus. We'll look forward to seeing you next week right here on Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.